And we're back on Money Talk for Super Andrew Monday. And getting really super, uh, we are bringing you now Andrew Collier, Managing Director, Orient Capital Research, with our view on mainland China. Good morning, Andrew Collier. Good morning. How are you? Doing okay. Can't go wrong with, you know, piles of Andrews. Love it. And one of them earlier in the show, we were talking about China, and we were talking about uh, what's going on there. Things things are looking a little rough these days. And one of the things that they kind of highlighted was the need for policy direction that was going to, in, you know, that that would give business the direction uh, to to perform better, uh, give the economy direction. I know you you've been doing some thinking on policy in China on that front. Well, the, the the issue in China is that they don't have a lot of triggers left to pull because of the debt load is so high. Mm-hmm. In fact, the government centralized land sales and took revenue away from the local governments last year, and now is a sign that they're getting kind of desperate for uh, money. And I just read this morning that the Wuhan government has made a public plea for a whole bunch of uh, companies to return money that they had borrowed, uh, totaling over 100 million yuan. Um, so there's many stories like that. So the issue is, you know, the the investment banks in Hong Kong are looking for some sort of policy direction, basically stimulus. And the central government is is essentially saying, look, you know, we just can't do that. We've we've kind of stimulized as much as we can in the past. Mm-hmm. And there's a limit to what we can do. So they're asking the provinces to start absorbing the pain of defaults, which is going to be a very messy work workout process. Ouch. Uh, and how I mean, for investors, how do they? I mean, how do they uh, how do they track this? How do they respond to do, do they have to, like, go province by province and try to figure out what companies are headquartered there that might, you know, come under pressure? Well, it's, it's an interesting question. There's kind of a split view. I mean, some of the biggest funds are basically considered China to be uninvestable at this point. Hmm. Some of the retirement funds fi- figure it's, first of all, the economy is slowing. Second of all, there's structural problems uh, having to do with demography and other issues, demographics. And um, third of all, uh, you've got the uh, decoupling, and uh, the policy has gotten very anti-investor um, friendly. Mm. Now, on the other hand, I went to a meeting a week ago in Hong Kong of hedge funds all pitching stocks to buy. Um, and some of the pitches were quite interesting, and they had to do with things like pharmaceuticals, you know, um, uh, some electronics or electronic parts. That kind of thing, sort of um, what I call uh, not niche areas, but you know, smaller companies that are sort of on the cutting edge of stuff. That's going to be okay. Uh, so, but in terms of the vast majority of, of large cap stocks um, and uh, bonds, there's a lot of worries among Western investors about that in China. Is is there any sense of being able to get in there and find companies that are that are up and coming that are going to become established? Maybe by the time the U.S. comes out of its recession that everybody's anticipating, um, by the time things are cleaned up a little bit and the economy is improving in China, like I mean, are there value buys out there that you can make to position yourself for a future recovery? Well, I wouldn't say value buys, but certainly there's a cutting edge technology in places like Shenzhen that's quite impressive. Uh, there's a number, and pharmaceuticals is going to be a booming industry because of the medical care needs to be improved, and there's a lot of money going into that. Uh, th- these are not large cap stocks, and some of them are private equity or venture capital type situations. Uh, mm. But there's yes, there's definitely opportunities. But that the other problem is now it's hard to get data. Um, You know, the government has just shut down some wind information data, which is sort of the Bloomberg of China. Uh, You've got the situation with CapVision and Mintz Group. Uh Uh, So the due diligence that um, companies or hedge funds used to do, I used to be in that business over 10 years ago, is going to be tough. So if you hear about a good company, you're going to have to figure out a way to investigate it.
Hmm. I have some friends in the uh, pri- the private investigator business that uh, work for companies <laughs> looking into that kind of stuff from time to time. Um, sometimes for good, sometimes for not. Uh, is there? But in terms of policy direction, I mean, a lot of focus in China has been on, on national security related issues. Um, but is there a suggestion that maybe there might be some forces out there pushing for a, a change of focus to, uh, you know, kind of more more economic development issues? Well, there's there's two ways to think about this. I mean, I wrote a note to clients a week ago, basically saying that there's a lot of talk by some former senior officials like Long Yongtu, who negotiated the WTO entry for China, and a bunch of other people who are saying, look, we've got to reinforce the private sector, and we also have to start being more friendly to the United States, because decoupling is not going to be in work in China's favor, which I totally agree with. So I think there's a lot of pressure among a lot of people. Um, uh, Xi, Xi Jinping's attitude is security comes first, uh, and if he can get what he needs to feel comfortable with the security situation, then there could be some modest moves in a, to lower decoupling and increase private sector investment. I mean, I'm not hugely optimistic, but that's certainly a possibility. The other issue is uh, just straightforward stimulus, you know, lowering uh, interest costs, uh, increasing uh, bank loans, but the, the government has made it pretty clear for the last three years that it's going it to think the property bubble has to be cut back. It's, it doesn't have enough resources, given the huge debt load, to start throwing money at the economy. So I think uh, there's going to be, uh, a, you know, it's going to that kind of policy direction. If that's what people are looking for, is not going to be forthcoming. Hmm. A, lo- a lot of those property development companies are listed on the uh, the, the Hang Seng stock, uh, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange Hang Seng Index. Do, do you think all the bad news is priced into their their value right now, or is there still bad news out there to come? Well, it's hard to tell because the data is so bad. I mean, the, the debt workouts, you're not going into the courts where you can f- figure out what's going on. They're all negotiated behind the scenes. There's tons of politics because if you get support from the government, that's a political decision by the provincial officials or the central government. And basically, we don't have any transparency into that. Uh, we've seen some uh, workouts for Evergrande that have been, become public, uh, but it's hard to draw any conclusions about the overall sector except – it seems pretty clear that the private developers are going to get shot in the foot uh, and the SOE developers are going to have favored access to credit because everybody figures they're backed by the state one way or another. Uh, but in terms of, um, you know, I sit here trying to figure out, okay, what can I tell clients about what the future holds? What's the, what's the pattern? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, there's no, it's, it, there's no pattern except the one thing I will say is that Xi Jinping has basically said to the provincial officials, you've got to work, work this through. So oh. it is very different province to province. Wow. Okay. There's a, that's a lot of meat there to finish off for Super Andrew Monday. Uh, thank you to Andrew Collier, Managing Director at Orient Capital Research.